everybody, this is Keach Rainwater on the Designated Drummer Podcast, and this week I'm going to talk to you guys about something I've actually covered in a couple of podcasts in the past about practicing and that kind of stuff, about practicing routines and practicing, you know, what, what it does for you and what, and personally what it meant to me about being a professional drummer and all that stuff. And I'm going to talk today about muscle memory and in practice or in rehearsal or anything like that, especially when you're just practicing on your own, what muscle memory means and what it does and what it can do for you and how I try and teach my students what to practice, uh, a couple of things to practice, especially if you're having trouble with something that you're trying to learn and you want to commit it to muscle memory, how to properly do that. And I'll, I'll share a few stories of how it has helped me in the past, even in my early days when I was just learning and just getting started and I would have trouble with something and how I sort of knew instinctively that if I did something repeatedly enough, it was going to, uh, my muscles were going to react to it in a way that I would never have problem with it again. So um, muscle memory. I've done some uh, research and I've come up with a thing here that kind of explains what it is in sort of scientific terms. And I don't want to get too technical on you, but um, what I read, what I found out was, it says, while your muscles themselves can't actually remember anything, they're full of neutrons attached to your nervous system that play a role in motor learning. Any movement requires brain activity, and repeating a movement, even complicated ones, enough times triggers recognizable patterns in your brain regions responsible for motor skills. So, to me, when I read that, I think patterns. They say patterns. Well, that's what drumming really is, is it's just a bunch of patterns that you remember in your mind so that when you go to play a song, when somebody says, hey, play a, play a shuffle beat, uh, just a normal blues shuffle beat, then to me, I have played that so many times in my mind, and I can automatically, without even thinking about it, just go into a, just a, a regular, you know, shuffle beat, you know, like a blues shuffle beat, four on the floor or whatever. And that really, um, it just, it really has everything to do with muscle memory. And so when you practice, um, you're practicing your routines, you've got to know that when you start something out slow, you work it out and you get it correct in your playing, you're playing it correctly, whatever the thing is you're trying to learn, and you may speed it up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, and then you're committing that to muscle memory. And um, I think that it's really essential, especially playing with the band, that you don't really have to think about playing the parts and you can just um, you know, concentrate on listening to the other musicians because that's really one of the biggest things about being in a band is being able to play and being able to listen and respond to what the other players are doing and fit together and not really so much concentrate on exactly what you're playing every single note that should have already gone into muscle memory and you should be able to just just play that out without really having to think about it too much and that's where the muscle memory comes in you're just sort of on autopilot but then you're 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 letting the rest of your brain go into what the rest of the band is doing and so where it pertains to playing in a band is really really important um, for your muscle memory to play a function in playing your your personal playing and you're playing with the band and listening. Um, some of this information I got from 
a website called PlayDrumsNow.com. And uh, they, they, they talk about muscle memory a little bit. And uh, it's really interesting. Now, I'm sitting down here in my little basement studio uh, at home, and uh, I've got my computer set up here on GarageBand, so I can, and my pad's here, so, you know, and I can just sit here and, you know, play little things. If I want to show an example of what I'm talking about, I can do that. I can just tap on these um, little, these aren't real drums, they're just, you know, GarageBand. Um, so anyway, uh, so one of the things that they said on that um, playdrumsnow.com that they were talking about muscle memory was, uh, I'm going to go ahead and borrow from them and use, you know, kind of one of their techniques that they talked about that I really believe firmly in, and that is called the stair-step method for increasing tempo. And so if you've got a beat that you're, you're, you want to play, um, let's just say it's a standard um, straight-ahead beat, like... And if you're having any problems, say you're starting out, and now most drummers that have been playing for a while would play that no problem, play it in their sleep. But if you're just starting out, this is this is just an example of, of it could be any kind of figure that you're trying to play. But um, when you're just starting out and you're having trouble with something, you, you almost can't go too slow. Um, so you start out with a stair step. You start out at a really slow tempo, you know, so like... As slow as you need to go. And until um, you get it correct, and if that, and if you can't do it at that speed, try it slower. And it helps to play along with the metronome. You can set the metronome, and I will say, <clears throat> I will say also, sorry, my voice is a little hoarse today. It's always hoarse, right? Um, I will say that um, you can, if you don't have a drum machine or a metronome or anything, you can actually go onto YouTube and on if you have a computer, plug your headphones in, you can find a metronome for literally any beats per minute. They'll have it on there. Someone will have posted a video for, you know, like 10 minutes or something like that or even longer uh, for a certain metronome or a beat or something like that that is the correct beats per minute. So if you went and you found... So uh, this one I've got here, uh, I've got set for, let's see, let's see, you can hear this, um, that's at, that's at 95 beats per minute. So let's say I wanted to, um, so the idea would be to, just practice that beat at that 95 beats per minute. That's pretty slow until you feel like you've got it right. Now, one of the mistakes some people make is they don't play something correctly and they commit the error, let's say, the mistake they made to muscle memory. And so from then on, the, what they've tried to teach themselves the wrong way has now committed to muscle memory and your muscles are going to remember that. And then you're probably, it's like in your DNA now, you're going to, probably have a problem with that same mistake. So it's very important to get the part right in the very beginning of what you're learning, to get it right, to get the, the feel right, and to get the notes right and all that. And then you speed it up. The, the reason I call it stair step is you go, you go 10 to 20 beats faster. You know, so basically the same beat as you speed it up would be, this is 110 beats per minute, would be like, no, sorry.
you would practice it at 110. Okay, so once you feel like you starting to get it and you practice maybe, let's say, um, one to three minutes, something like that, uh, solid, of playing at that tempo until well you've, where you feel like your body is doing it naturally and you're not having to strain and you feel like you've got it down, then speed it up a little bit. So I've got it sped up here to 120 beats per minute. So it's... So there's 120 beats per minute. Um, so you would just keep increasing that over, you know, say like 10 to 20 beats per minute every one to three minutes until you feel like you've gotten it right. And I know I will say one thing that I like to do personally is uh, besides just changing the tempo and making it faster, I like to go back to the very beginning from time to time and play it slow again. That's just something that I personally have added onto this stair-stepping method. It's just to make if it's a if it's some kind of a fill or something I'm trying to do, like let's say if it's on the toms or something like that, if I'm trying to do a, a, a beat that I'm trying to work up and I start slow like... something like that and then I'll you know I'll get to where and I may go back to the very slow again just to make sure I'm getting it and to get the feel that muscle memory until I get it to where I'm comfortable with it and I can almost do it in my sleep which I will say they also say, experts say about muscle memory, is that after you've practiced for a good bit and you've worked out your muscle memory and you've, you've, you've practiced and practiced the same thing over and over and over again, when you go to sleep that night and you're sleeping, in your sleep, you are usually, they say that you're sort of going over everything that you've done that day and thinking about things and going over them in your mind. And especially when you practice drums, you start to go over those things that you practiced over in your mind again. So even when you're sleeping, you're committing that, that the, what you remembered playing to your memory. And so when you go to play it again, you've, you've been playing that, let's say it's called it a record, you've been playing that record in your mind all night as you're sleeping. And then so the next day you're going to re- remember that it's going to be like you know it's ingrained in your brain so it's going to uh, help even more in your sleep i'll tell you a story about um a muscle memory thing that i experienced when i was just starting out and i i think i was probably 19 at the time 18 or 19 i think it might have been 18 i was having trouble with with my triplets which are on the let's say on the toms it's like that kind of thing. I was having trouble playing triplets because I, they, they weren't, because you're talking about the kick drum and both of your hands. So bass drum, right hand, left hand, bass drum, right hand, left hand, bass drum, right hand, left, that kind of thing. And I just couldn't get my foot to coordinate with my hands properly. And it was kind of uh, uneven. It was like, you know, it was a little, it was very uneven. And I hated that about myself. I just, so I had a place that I practiced all the time, and it was a little mini warehouse that my mom had had for some furniture storage that she had. And she had told me that I could have the rest of what was left over if I organized that storage space. I think it was 10 feet by 20 feet. I could have what was left over if I organized it and I, you know, put everything 
you know, where I could move everything to all the, all the way to the back, I could have what was left over. So I moved everything to the back and I ended up having almost, it seemed like, well, I don't know, 15 feet or 10 or 15 feet of my own to practice my drums in. So I went in there one day with um, the thought that I was going to practice triplets until, well, until I got tired, like until my muscles were literally tired. And I thought one hour would probably be pretty good. So I got a little timer and I set it for one hour and I sat there in that warehouse and I remember it was cold too. It was a, it wasn't a heated warehouse. It was, um, it was, you know, as cold as it was outside pretty much. So it was in the winter time and I went in there and I might've had a little jacket on or something, but after a while of playing, I started to warm up a lot and I took the jacket off and for one hour, one solid hour, I was just like, that for one hour without stopping i mean not even a break one full hour i did that and i had a i just had something told me in my mind that if i did that then it would create some muscle memory i didn't know that's what it was called at the time but i knew that if i did that then i probably wasn't going to have as much trouble with triplets and let me tell you after that one hour i was pretty worn out and my arms were tired and my my right leg was about to fall off but uh i honestly never had a problem with triplets after that and I still don't because I did that for one hour solid and it seemed like it just it just tattooed it into my brain about those triplets and I just never had a problem it was like a good classic case of muscle memory and how it works and and how it can work for you if you have something you're trying to work out on the drums or any other instrument that you're having trouble with to, to commit it to muscle memory, you just sit and do it for a ridiculous amount of time. And then you're probably, I, I think that one hour served me for the rest of my career like nothing else ever had. Okay, so another thing I'm going to talk about is playing with the band. And one of the things I love about our band, and or being in a band in general, especially our band, is that we are very, very, we're sticklers about having everything be perfect you know everything everything be correct and no ambiguity out there you know where it's just like everybody knows their part they know what to play they play it well and we play well together as a band and muscle memory for a band it's just like if you're rehearsing by yourself it's just like if you're working out a part and we've actually done before where we were trying to work out a part as a group as a band and we had to and we still do it to this day if there's a vocal part or a music part that we need to get down to where it's a little bit difficult to play uh, and and do the vocals at the same time we'll run that in a loop and kind of we'll just kind of loop it around we'll play it over and over and over again not now not I won't say a ridiculous amount of time but we'll get it to where it feels right so that and then we'll run the whole song to where we get to that part and then until it's right and you know a band can have muscle memory just like you yourself can have it you know, when you practice and you you work out things and all that as a group and it just vocally and musically, it all fits together and you move on to the next song, you work that out and then you always go back when you're kind of, before you take a break or before you're done for the day, you go and run everything because a lot of times you'll rehearse something and then rehearse another thing and another song and fourth or five, four or five songs down the line, 
you've kind of forgotten some of the stuff in the very beginning. So you run the beginning things again until that's how a band gets really tight. Besides just playing a lot, just getting out there and playing, that will also play a huge role in muscle memory. And, you know, one of the things that I dislike about some groups that I see out there now, and I realize that a lot of a lot of bands are kind of put together at the last minute or um, they're playing songs that they got, they had a request for a song or something like that, like bands that play on Broadway and that kind of thing. Those are some of the best musicians around. But when I look up there and I see somebody with an iPad on a stand, now I'm probably going to get all kinds of comments from people that do that about like, well, I have to have my lyrics or whatever. But, you know, and I hate to sound like an old man, but when, when, I, when I was growing up, um, we didn't have iPads. We may have had a lyric sheet or something like that. But the the thing to do was to throw away all that and just rehearse until you get it right and commit it to muscle memory. Your your brain works a heck of a lot better than an iPad does, and it's a lot more reliable, and it is a lot more portable. You don't have to plug anything in. Um, you're just up there playing the song, and you commit it to memory. And one of the things I'll give kudos to our singer, Drew, Drew Womack, is he, you know, when we're at Soundcheck and we're just kind of waiting for everything to get turned on, you know, Drew will go over there and pick, a, pick up a guitar and he'll start just playing songs. And the guy is like a library of songs, songs that I've never even heard before, songs that I haven't heard in years and years and years. And he, how he remembers all the lyrics to those songs, I even asked him one day, how does he remember all those lyrics? He said, you know, I don't know. I just, I have a, a, a memory, a really good memory for lyrics. And, and he just uh, practices that a lot. And um, he, how he can just recall all those lyrics. And when he does the gig on his own, just, just, it's just Drew by himself, um, how he can just pick songs out of the clear blue sky and start playing them perfectly without any lyric sheets, without an iPad or anything. Kudos to Drew. And I think a lot more musicians need to commit to that and, and, and throw away that iPad. Don't throw it away, but just leave that iPad at home and learn the parts and don't have anything like that. It's like a crutch. When you have that crutch, you're going to want to use it all the time. Get rid of that crutch and learn the parts and commit them to muscle memory and I promise you, you'll be more on your way to being a professional musician and really make things happen for yourself if you do that. So back to drumming. Um, let's say you are practicing a beat. You're, you're doing kind of a, you're doing like a. So if you're playing something like that, play along with the drum machine if you can. And you don't have to program the drum machine. The drum machine can just be like like a, it can just be like just a normal just anything. Um, it could even be you know like a that. But it's really good to program to learn how to program a drum machine and program the beat you're learning, and play along with that drum machine. And here's what I'm here's my point I'm making. If you play along with that drum machine, you're creating muscle memory in that beat that you've programmed and that you've learned to program your drum machine and you're playing it along with it on your real drums. You're going to develop a muscle memory that's going to sound a lot like that drum machine. So it can't hurt anything for a drummer, a professional drummer, to be at a gig where you don't have any click and you don't have anything. But when you go to play a beat, 
you want to almost mimic that drum machine. You almost want to sound like a drum machine because it's a good, steady, solid beat that the band can follow. So let's say if um, here's the, you know, that's, you know, with the, with the tempo going, you know, the click. Now, now I'm playing it without the click and I want to mimic what I just heard. So in my mind, I'm hearing this. I'm thinking that in my mind as I'm going. I'm hearing that in my mind. And that's what keeps me nice and steady. And that really will help. I think that's kind of a muscle memory thing, really, when you're talking about playing drums and that kind of thing, is you're actually practicing with the drum machine the full beat and you're committing that to muscle memory not just what you're playing but the tempo that you're playing it at you're mimicking that drum machine using your muscle memory to mimic that drum machine and i think that's super super cool and you know speaking of muscle memory and practicing and all that i just let everybody know uh, before i go out on stage and do a show i do these warm-ups on a practice pad myself just so that um i don't pull any muscles or my muscles aren't sore at the end of the day, and I th- I just honestly, I feel like I just play a lot better when I have warmed up for about 20 to 30 minutes before the show, and I practice on my practice pad, and some people have asked me, and questions I asked is, I get asked is, uh, what do you practice when you do rudiments, and do you, you know, what do you practice um, before you go on stage, and I learned something years ago, I read it in a Modern Drummer magazine, that Phil Collins did that he talked about one thing that he does to warm up that seems to wake up the muscles a lot and I have been doing that forever and it does it really honestly does help a lot is when you're playing you're playing on your kit and I'm, I'm sorry you're playing on the the pad the practice pad you go uh, uh, four hits on the right hand and four hits on the left hand in a pattern like a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, right, 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 left, 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 right, 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 left, 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 left. And then after you do that a three or four times, you switch to eight beats on the right and eight beats to, to the left. And that's what really tends to wake up your muscles and get the blood flowing. So it would be something like right, 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 left, 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 right, 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 left, 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 right, 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 left, 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 and and so on and so on. And you just keep the more times you do that eight times in a row on each arm. Then when you go back to doing your regular triplets, your muscles are they're awake you know they've been they've got some blood pumping through there because you the repetition and muscle memory of that eight beats in a row are have translated into your muscles now and so when you go to play just regular rudiments you know like paradiddles or whatever it, it the feeling you get is like wow this this just got a lot easier uh and it just feels a lot more substantial when you do that that little routine and of course i just do paradiddles and things like that and i just kind of start out slow and I'll do the little fours and the eights and that kind of thing. And I'll just do that until it feels right. And another tip, here's another little tip that I do is before I, you know, when I'm doing those rudiments and stuff before I play, I turn the sticks around backwards so that they're heavier on the forward end. It's almost um, kind of as similar to how a linebacker would practice, a football player would practice with the parachute dragging him down as he's running really fast it's pulling him back 
uh, that way when you let go of the parachute, then you just zoom like the wind. You know, I guess that's the, the whole idea. So that if you practice with the butts of the sticks, turn them around backwards so they're heavier, then when you do flip them around to the normal side, they're a little lighter. It's like zing. It's like you can play so much faster and so much easier with less effort because you've, you've got the blood flowing through your muscles and that muscle memory is, is really coming into play. So I'm going to tell you guys um, five things that you can practice for good muscle memory, five good muscle memory routines that will help you become a better drummer. And uh, before I do that, I will say that I got a question years ago from somebody, and I don't remember her name, but she's a girl drummer that was asking me how I she didn't understand how I did fills. How do you do fills? Like when you're playing a beat, she could play a beat. But she had trouble when it came to fills. Like how do you know what to play? How do you how do you work those out? I don't really have an answer for what to play, except you just know if you're copying a song or if you, you know, you obviously you copy the fill that the, the drummer on the song is doing. But if it's a song you're never played before, never you're just writing a song or coming up with a song for the first time, I think um, it's almost like I want to say the simpler the better because when you start making complicated fills, then the band kind of has a hard time following that. So it depends on sort of if you're, you know, if you're a jazz thing and you're you're just there to really play out and show off and that kind of thing, then, then that's a different scenario. But in the studio, I think this is like the simpler the better. And you can practice those fills uh, when you do your practice routines. With this, with that stair step method, I was telling you earlier, practice it slow with a metronome, and then that way you're not speeding up the fill or you're not uh, you're not going crazy with it, and you're practicing, you're committing it to muscle memory correctly, and not making any mistakes in there. So back to five things you can practice for good muscle memory. Okay, now here's the things you'll need to do this. You need a real drum kit, like real drums, not not just an electronic kit or whatever. I think it's important that you play real drums because when you're committing this to muscle memory and you go and you play a real kit at the gig, uh, it should be the same thing that you practiced on, which is the real kit. You're playing a real kit live at the gig. You should practice on a real drum kit. So the second thing you're going to need is a good set of headphones and the third thing uh, is going to be a drum machine or a computer because, as I said earlier, you can go on to YouTube and find these metronome videos on there. You know, just type in what beats per minute you want. Just type in 95 beats per minute, and it'll automatically come. It'll say metronome, 95 beats per minute or whatever. Um, and all you have to do to change the tempo is just type in in their, your search thing up there, type in a different beats per minute, type in 100 beats per minute, and then it'll come up with a 100 beat per minute metronome that you can put your headphones on and play along with. And um, so I'll give you five different types of things that you can practice and use that muscle memory technique, that stair step technique that we were talking about earlier. So the first one I'll talk about is just a normal 4-4 beat with a metronome set at 90 beats per minute. Okay, and you're going to do that for 15 minutes solid. 15 minutes. Uh, and, and this could be a good warm-up thing for you too. Even if you already know how to play a 4-4, just a regular beat. And a, a, just to give you an example of what I think a, a normal 4-4 beat would be, just the most basic is like the song Back in Black, the drums are just boom, chunk, boom. 
it's just a very normal beat. I'll I'll play a little bit for you of what that is. So be you know it'd be just like um like that, just a normal beat. And so this is what it would sound like at let's say ninety beats per minute. You're just gonna play along with this. There's your, you just play that. At, that's at 90 beats per minute, and you play that for 15 minutes solid without stopping. And then you increase that to, let's say, mm, let's go on up to 110 beats per minute. Okay, so this is what it would sound like at 110. And you do that for 15 minutes. Well, I w- you don't have, I don't, I wouldn't say 15 minutes. I mean, it, it's not going to hurt to do it for 15 minutes, but you could do it one to three minutes per, let's say per um, stair step but at, with a, with the total being like 15 minutes solid working on that one, that one beat. And then if you have to go back to the beginning again, start it back at 90 beats per minute and go back up. That's all that's doing is solidifying your muscle memory. You're committing that to muscle memory. If you do that for 15 minutes straight, I'm just that one four four beat, and that way, you know, the next 15 minutes or whatever you're going to practice, you could work on something else. Like, let's say, and that's come the, the number two thing in my list here. The second thing is 16th notes on the hi hat at nine, starting out at 90 beats per minute. 16th notes on the hi hat. Something like that. Um, so you would increase that and you would keep going and keep going and keep going about one to three minutes each time. Stair step that up to where you, you're you pretty comfortable with playing the 16th notes. That's just one thing that's going to help help you with that. Now, you can either play them on one hand. I think that's a good way to practice it, like your right hand. So if you're doing like a beat um, with a – so if you're like going – like that, then you can practice it with your right hand. Or if you're doing, uh, you're just doing a figure where it's just on the hi hat only. You could practice right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, whichever you need to work on. And it wouldn't hurt to work on both. Wouldn't hurt at all. Because so the next thing I'm going to talk about the number three thing on the list: triplets. And this is the thing I was talking about when I was 18 or 19, whatever. Um, and I had trouble trouble with playing triplets like that. I was they were kind of all wonky. Uh, this is what I was talking about. So um, it'd be like this. So that's basically slowed down the triplets, and I've got it set at on this particular thing because I wanted it to be where each uh, beat of the triplets was was a beat per minute, one beat per minute. So I've got it set at one ten. 110 beats per minute that's a nice slow one two three one two three that's a good way to practice those triplets and then you can just increase it from there so it's a little bit different than playing like a beat or something like that where you want there to be some subdivisions in there but this will be just like a good way to practice those triplets and get them going for one to three minutes and then speed it up to say 120 and then 140 and this is what they would sound like at uh at at 110 beats per minute But then again, it wouldn't hurt to start at 90 beats per minute and go up if you're having trouble with those. But definitely start where it's comfortable and you've got them down and you're doing them correctly and you're not straining or you're not having too much trouble with it. Okay, so the next thing I'm going to talk about uh, to work on for muscle memory is a tom fill. 
And I'm going to start that out at 95 beats per minute just to show you what that's like. So that's what that would sound like. And then, of course, you would speed that up to, and that's like 95. You speed up to 100 and maybe 110, 120. And you just keep doing that until you feel like you've got that down. Because that's that's a very normal drum fill to do, you know, very kind of basic. But uh, that's just another thing you can practice. Because one of the things about about practicing is being able to go from the floor tom back up to the high tom again a lot of people have trouble with that this is a great way to to work that out to where you're doing a fill and you want to come back up and do the fill again going from the floor tom back up to the high tom again that can be because your arms are sort of crossed at that point and you have to get back to normal again so that's a good thing to practice on to get you to know the kit and to get your to know your way around the kit really well and that's a really good way to practice and that's a good way to to get that tom fill down and uh just keep repeating that and repeating that and repeating that faster and faster and if you can get that up to 120 or 30 beats per minute you're doing pretty good and then that's just going to commit that to muscle memory and you do that for you know let's say 15 minutes or so and then so the last thing on the list number five is a really uh simple like i was talking about earlier a shuffle feel that can really be a different interpretation depending on who it is and i know that a lot of people talk about drummers is one good trait of a good drummer is if they can swing if they can if they can play that swing really good if they can and what i mean by that is let's just say you're playing a, now here's the shuffle beat i was talking about it's kind of a and that's at 95 beats per minute as well So that's kind of got that swing to the doom, do doom, do doom, you know that kind of thing. So you can really get a lot with that, you know. When you're when you've been playing that shuffle, you get that swing feel to it, and a really good drummer can have that really really good that swing feel. There's a really great drummer. His name's Bernard Purdy. And he invented this thing called the Purdy Shuffle. Um, and I can't play it on my little pads here. If I had a kit, I could play it for you in front of me. But I've just got my pads here. But um, he is very, very well known for, if you ever needed a song with a shuffle, he was the guy to call, Bernard Purdy. They called it the Purdy Shuffle. Those of you drummers who are more experienced, you've heard that term before, the Purdy Shuffle. And uh, I'm sure that he didn't just come by that like off the bat. He practiced that and he perfected that. But um, back to muscle memory, if you practice that shuffle feel, starting out at 95 beats per minute, and you keep that going, and you maybe speed it up a little bit, so, you know, by the end of, like, like, that kind of thing, and you just, you get that to where you can play it perfectly with the click, that's really something, and that'll, I think you'll, You'll surprise yourself at how good you can get that and how that shuffle feel can really make or break a song if you get it down and if you commit it to muscle memory. The better you can, the more you practice, the better you can get that down. Back to muscle memory and practicing and all that. And uh, one thing that I read that I totally agree with is that if you are not enjoying practicing and if you're not making it enjoyable and it's a pain for you, 
and it's frustrating and all that, you're not going to do very well as far as the muscle memory is concerned. You're, get, you're just going to be giving your muscles bad memories, and that's the way I look at it. Um, you don't want your mus- muscle memories to be bad ones. So um, the thing to remember is to try and make it fun if you can and try and enjoy it. That's one of the reasons why slowing things down, instead of being frustrated and trying to work things out up to speed and not getting it and not getting it, you're not really committing anything to muscle memory, you're just making a bunch of mistakes, is to slow it down and have fun with it. Just Just have some joy with that practice and if you can make it enjoyable your practice and i think it'll make your beats better it'll make your drumming better and then it'll make your gig a lot more enjoyable and not so frustrating especially if you commit something to muscle memory you're having fun playing you're not trying to uh, think about every note you're playing it's uh, it's a pattern that you're playing you rehearse the song you know it well and you're just having some fun doing it and i think that's the most important thing to do you know we travel around a lot and we put a lot of miles on that bus of ours and sometimes there's nothing to do on there but watch movies and so if i feel like i want to practice while i'm riding down the road i have this little digital pad it's actually a a kai mpd mpd 18 and it's a usb pad that can that I can just hook up to my computer into GarageBand and it's got uh, 16 pads on it and it's just really great I love it and uh, if anybody ever wonders what I'm doing as we're or what I practice if I ever do practice when we're traveling down the road which is pretty often uh, it would be something and I'll probably um, take you out here on this podcast with a little bit of me practicing on this little practice this little uh, MPD 18, this little uh, digital pad, and uh, some of the things I would practice while I'm driving down the road. Now, it's not really so much as far as muscle memory. It is a little bit, but I'm just trying to play to a click and try to um, sharpen that sort of skill, if you will. So if I'm, that's my metronome there. It's like, you know. to do so practice hard practice that muscle memory you know techniques and play hard and have fun with it and i will see you next time on designated drummer